Welcome to Funny Women Behind the Scenes, a sequent covered podcast hosted by international showgirl and comedian Ivy Page. We'll be exploring what it's really like to work in the entertainment industry, from live comedy and cabaret to television and film. Brought to you by Funny Women, the leading community for female comedy. So let's get on with the show and welcome your host, Ivy Page. Hello and welcome to the real life work of art or piece of work, award deserving, flame haired titan of teas. Yes, it's me, Ivy Page. It's time to take a seat on my chaise lounge in my personal burlesque boudoir as we break the fourth wall, draw back the velvet curtains and reveal what really happens behind the scenes. Welcome to my burlesque boudoir, the BBC new comedy finalist and the Leicester Festival Best Newcomer Award winner, Sakiza. Hey, hello and welcome. It's so good to see you. It's really good to see you uh, and welcome to Behind the Scenes. Yes, because um, normally I see you in a very different setting. Yeah, I'm usually, I usually have a lot more makeup on than what you're seeing right now. <laughs> and normally I'm Onyx, so... That's true. That is true. We truly are behind the scenes because obviously we're doing this remotely, and uh, and usually we are we are usually backstage, aren't we? Well, we're backstage today, but virtually. Yeah. Uh, amidst a, an array of burlesque costumes and and sequins and uh, prosecco. Yes. The, the true the true privilege of doing cabaret shows prosecco. I know that's the only reason I decided to get into it. Yeah. It's just Ooh, prosecco. Yes, please. So um, it is an absolute, absolute honour to have you with us here. You know, I, I love, 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 love watching you when uh, we're doing shows together. But you are an incredible comedian. So I'd like to talk, start by talking a bit about that today. Um, so first of all, how did you get into comedy? What, what was the start of your journey? Uh, so I used to work in a pub um, for many years and uh, my boss um, at the lovely Cavendish Arms, Shirley Jane, she said to me one day, because uh, the pub runs Comedy Virgin, so we saw quite a lot of, probably most comedians in the UK have at one point, especially in London, have one point come through the Cavendish, especially at the beginning of their career. But I wasn't interested in comedy, I was just behind the bar, and my boss said to me, you're, you're funny why don't you go and give it a go? Uh, and I was like, no, I can't be funny on stage. I can be funny, like talking to friends, but I was like, no, I can't be funny on stage. And then I went on uh, after being convinced to do it. And I spoke about lions for five minutes. Did you? Did you, did you write material about lions? No, I riffed it. I riffed about lions because there was a story in the, in the paper that day about lions escaping a cage and eating like someone. And I was just like, of course they're going to eat someone. They're lions. It's what they do. What do you expect? And um, it was very, uh, I think it was more of a blur to me now, but it wasn't that funny. I was going to say, was it funny? 
it, it wasn't funny funny I think I sold it more yeah um because of like having a personality if you want to put it that way yeah um so the jokes itself wasn't funny but I think I sold it and then I didn't really take it seriously until about I was just I just ended up still working the pub but I then ended up working the sound for Comedy Virgin so I used to do the sound and watch comedians come and do sets some of them were great and some of them are actually amazing legends now and some of them were crap um <laughs> It's true. It's open mic comedy. You're gonna get some really bad. Of course, doing comedy. At your I've done place. open mic. I could have been one of the bad ones. I'm just like you should Jokes. not do comedy at all. Um, <laughs> but um, at least you tried. Because um, I think at least everyone should do comedy at least once in their life. But um, I started up doing the sound, and then I didn't really take it seriously until about a year later. People were like, "Oh, you should really do this properly." And I was mm. like, "That means I'm gonna have to write jokes." I'm really not really good at writing. So then five, six years later, here we are. Yay. <laughs> so, so ha- okay, I'm interested in a certain thing here. So you yeah. never wrote jokes before? No. So what, what happened was before I would just think about something and think about what I want to say about that thing and then get on stage and say it. And then if it worked, it worked. And if it didn't, then I would just get rid of it. Mm. My first joke I actually wrote was whilst I was at work at the pub um, in the toilet. Um, (laughs) And it was my lemonade joke. It was the first joke I ever physically wrote down, um, which is the concept of someone ordering a lemonade and me being like, and then not realizing they have enough money. Um, That was the first joke I ever wrote down that I continued to do for a certain amount of time. But other than that, it was just used to be me getting on stage being like, yeah, what about this? What about this? And then <laughs> if it went well, it went well. If it didn't, it didn't. Um, so I think at that, at that stage, I didn't really care about dying or like, because I was just in it to do it for fun. Mm. It was just something I could do and it would just be something in terms of giving myself more confidence, because I'm not, a re- this sounds really weird. I'm not really good at public speaking. Um, now that does surprise me. So I am interested to know that. So do, yeah. you, feel, do you feel doing stand-up comedy helped with your confidence? Yeah, it did. Like I don't like speaking in public. I don't like reading out loud in public as well. So if, if I ever have to read something, especially at school, I hated it. Um, and I hated public speaking. One, because I hate my voice. I think it sounds horrendous. And then also, I always mess up words. I'm not very good with words. So, but because of my day job, I had to do it. Mm. But I didn't, I'd always used to get out of it because I was quite smart about it. <laughs> but then I had to do stand-up comedy. So then it was like, I can't, it was, a. I didn't think about it when I was doing it. But I realised it did give me more confidence to speak out in in people, like in terms of being around people. Now, I'm I'm sure a lot of people who who may have seen you perform either doing comedy or cabaret and burlesque would be really surprised to know that you might not have much confidence. But do you feel that having different personalities, like performing personalities, helps with the confidence on stage? Because I feel like that with Ivy Page. That yeah, I yeah, put so- her on, I put her on like a costume. 
Yeah, it is a costume. Like when I first started, um, I used to call, or people still do it, actually, to be honest, people still do it today. People used to call me Twix, Twix like the chocolate. I wanted to ask you that because obviously yeah. that was in all of your names. That's how I introduced. Yeah. So, so, so where does that come from? So Twix was a nickname I got in law school. Um, it's got nothing to do with comedy. It literally was just me and two of my best friends we met at law school. Um, and uh, we used to bring in chocolates in in every like tutorial session. And our tutor was just like, we didn't really pay attention in class, even though we got really good marks. That's because we're smart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but yes, our yes, yes. used to be like, uh, can you bring, you always, you lot always bring it into, in chocolates. You lot should just name yourself the chocolate girls. It was, I don't think it was, it was anything to do with race, even though we're all black. Um, <laughs> it was just the fact that we used to bring in chocolate into like class all the time. So I named myself, so we named each other after chocolate that represents us. So okay. I named myself Twix because I'm a Gemini. So there's two. Two of you. Yeah. And I'm also milk chocolate chocolate with a hint of caramel. You're listening to Funny Women Behind the Scenes. All the backstage gossip and more. So who are your comedy influences? That's a question people love to ask. But like there was no one that was like influential in terms of like the, how I am as a comic. And I think it goes back to like me having, we were just talking about having the layer of like protection. Like I said, it used to be called Twix because it used to be a way of me having this persona that, and people would assume that that's how I am by how I was on stage where people don't really know the real me apart from my real true friends. Mm. Yeah, I don't like talking. Um, I prefer quiet because I'm always talking. And I, apart from this, I would love to, I'm happy to talk to you. But... (laughs) Yeah, that's fine. Um, but I, yeah, I just, I, I, because of my day job as well, I just, I'm always talking. I just rather just be quiet. Hustle. It's all about the hustle. I'm from South London. It's all about the hustle. Yeah, so I more or less for the last two, four, three years, I've had two full-time jobs. One is doing performances and the other one is being a full-time lawyer. So I basically would wake up, go to work, leave work, go and do a gig, get home, wait, sleep for six hours, get up and do it again. But for like, until last year, I had a third job, which was managing a pub. So I was still... I was, okay, hang on. So full-time lawyer, which yeah. would be enough for any person. Full-time stand comic and managing a pub. Yeah. Did you ever sleep, ever? People love to ask that question as well. I did, actually. Um, I slept on the bus 
on the tube. Um, sometimes I would get away with sleeping at work. Um, no, no, I've always been a person who has been doing multiple things at more than one time. So even when I was at, even when I was in uni, I was doing full-time uni and I had free part-time Um, I was gigging more or less six to seven days a week. And some days I was like double booking myself. Yeah, because I'd be doing shows with you. And yeah. You'd come in, do your spot, and then you'd be like, bye, I've got two more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, literally, like, hey, how are you doing? Lovely to see you. Bye. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, but I think it's because before lockdown, I was kind of in this position where I had been going for a while. People hadn't known who I was or I was getting decent gigs and getting regular spots at certain places like Angel Comedy. I was emceeing quite regularly at the pub that I managed. I was at Top Secret emceeing there, just got my foot in the door there. I had just got my first 10-minute spot at the comedy store. So it got to a point where I was like, I need to keep going with the hustle and the momentum If because otherwise if I don't, then it's, I'm going to be going back to how I was. And then what happened? Lockdown. Lovely. <laughs> so... <laughs> I can remember this at a certain point in my cabaret career being really much like I said yes to absolutely every single gig that came along because it was at those gigs you meet other people and like you say then you're asked to be the host of this show do you think that level of hustle is actually tantamount to furthering your career does it work it does if you have the right approach to it I think I think if you hustle especially when you're at a stage where you're just about you could, if you get one good spot or if you're at one place and someone sees you from industry and they really like you, you your career could go from here to here. So I think I'm really bad at saying no. Like, um, I'm hardly at home. I am always on the go. But I know that how eventually the hard work is going to pay off. This is Funny Women Behind the Scenes. If you want to know more about us, visit www.funnywomen.com. Do you you ever, because everybody's different with this next question, but do you ever see yourself as stand-up comedies, the the only job you do or actually is it that the kind of like multi-career angle is actually something that you thrive off is there a is there like an end goal that you're you're looking honestly I didn't get into doing comedy to think that how this was a career I know I have got some friends who are like I love comedy this is my career this is what I want to do and you can see that they're really passionate about it I love comedy I love meeting people I love making audiences laugh and if it happens I would love for it to happen and for this to be a full-time job because that means I've worked towards a new career but 
if it doesn't happen, then it's not the end all of everything because I've got something to always, that's always going to be there. Like me being a lawyer is never going to go away. No, it's, um, an amazing, it's an amazing career. Yeah, it's not, but. It's <laughs> hard though. So, um, how exciting. You were on Jonathan Ross Comedy Club. I know, right? Who knew? How did that happen? And how excited was I watching you on my TV screen? Oh my God. I was, I was shocked. I'm not going to lie. Um, when I, 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 I'm not going to lie. I was shocked. Oh, my agent called me up and she was on holiday at the time. And she called me. I was like, why is she calling me? She never calls. And she called me up and she was like, uh, just to let you, because I had already seen fire like industry like the post that had been put on how they itv had commissioned the show for jonathan ross so i kind of was like yeah i'm never going to be on that so i just kind of wasn't interested and at that time nothing was happening so but she pulled me up and she was like oh just to let you know um you're going to be doing your tv debut for jonathan ross and i was kind of like you know you called the right person right (laughs) You did call Sakisa as you were like, yeah. And she was like, you're going to have. So initially it was a, we had to record eight minutes and they were going to cut it down. And I was just like, oh my God, that's amazing. Like I was proper shocked. And then I was like, crap, I'm going to have to find gigs to practice with because it had just been like three days before they had announced that we could start performing again. And I was like, shit, I'm going to have to start like trying to find gigs and rehearsing because I hadn't been doing live face-to-face audience stand-up for ages. So I was really excited. I told my parents, um, my mum was just kind of like, Jonathan Ross, you're going to be on the Jonathan Ross show. I was like, no, mum, he's got a different show. It's like, And I was trying to explain to my mum and I was just like, you know what, I'm just going to call my best friend. <laughs> so very excited though. Um, it was great experience. Did you watch yourself? I did. I I watched it with my parents. Um, we all got very. We all like made food, sat on the sofa, watched it all together. It was very. It was very exciting. And I was like, I look so pretty. I'm so happy. <laughs> um, you looked unreal. I know. And I was like, because I spent like 150 quid on clothes with the week that week, mm. because I didn't want to wear black, and black is my brand. Because <laughs> black is slimming. But <laughs> they told us don't wear black. So I was like, oh, shit, I'm going to find new clothes. Spent 150 quid. And the dress that I wore, I had had in my wardrobe for about three years. Uh, the classic dress that always makes you feel good. We all got those. Yeah. So I was I was very happy how it went. Um, considering. You open doors for you. Yeah, no, it has. I, I've had to finish. think about that for a minute. No, it has. People, I think people, because I had one of the longer spots, so I was quite lucky. Mm. Um, so I think people were kind of like, who is that girl? Who is that woman? Where did she come from? And then since then, it has been quite, I've been quite lucky that I've been, I've got s- several opportunities to do things. I got, I did like a little I had a little spot on a kids panel TV show for CBBC, um, wrote for News Jack, 
so it has opened up some doors and there's still some things that are coming through that are like work in progress talks tv radio people asking me if I've written sitcom pilots and stuff like that which I I hate writing but it's what you're gonna have to do so (laughs) what's your um do you have a dream gig I would I would love to be at a point where I can do my one woman show at the Brixton O2 can I have a front row ticket <laughs> yes, that's you're right. gonna happen. I know it is. I don't know. You never know what happens. Like people always, especially after Jonathan Royce, people are like, "Oh my god, so many doors are gonna be open with you." I'm just kind of like, "Well, you never know what happens. You, you just gotta see what happens." Like no one expected 2020 to go the way that it did. And whilst I know it affected quite a lot of people, and it affected me in terms of me losing a lot of live work. Being able to do online shows opened up a different door. Yeah. And, and how let, have you how have you how have you found the online world and performing over this last year? I've been quite lucky. Um, I had the I was lucky enough to do quite a few of the really big online gigs. So the COVID arms, I did always be comedy. Um, and then from that I got put on the BBC News, which was quite crazy to be honest I was like I'm gonna be on the news no one saw it but it was nice <laughs> I was like I've got the clip I'm like I was on the news when I was um, on the news you, you were one of the only people that messaged me and went I just saw you on the news I said, it's important when you see people on the news you're like you was on the news um but like like I said it's a different way to reach new audience mm. like I don't a lot of people that have seen me in the last what eight months online have never seen me on stage and people have been nice enough to comment to be like well you're now on my radar this person you you are I can't wait to see you live um so you did a work in progress didn't you at the end of last year did you do that did that go yeah, I did do it yeah I did do it and so it was a lot actually I did it live um and it was streamed oh, wow, live that's even better yeah i did it live and it was streamed um i did it at my second home the cavendish arms so because of like lockdown they had put in so many cameras in it in the building so they could live stream shows which is actually probably the way things are gonna go from now on in light of everything that's going on at least for the next couple of years so i had the opportunity to do my work in progress there so i had about 20 people there and then about another 15 people street watching it um and it was nice it was it was meant to be so the work in progress show was meant to be the show that I was intending to debut in 2021 I don't think it's going to happen unfortunately um which is a shame because I just want it over and done with to be honest I I yeah so for the listeners that don't know, could you tell them what is, in terms of stand-up comedy, what is a debut hour and why is it so important in a comics career, the debut hour? So debut hour is your 55 to 60 minute show that you would present as like a one person show. Um, and debuting is a massive thing. It's, it's, 
I think, especially in the last five, six, seven years, because if your debut goes really well and people enjoy your debut, it could open up doors for your career and people will take you seriously as a comic and you are presented to the world as this is the person who has presented a decent show to the world and is funny. Um, And it could lead to things like touring the show, um, adapting the show into a sitcom if if that's how you intend it to be. Uh, It could open so many doors for you in terms of having a successful debut show. And a lot of people, unfortunately, due to COVID, haven't been able to do it. So we've had to think of alternative ways to try and get industry to... Because compared to 15 years ago, there's more... And happy and happy that this has happened. More people doing comedy than there was 15 years ago, especially more women. But in a weird sense, whilst I'm all about females like empowerment and like sisterhood and grateful that this is happening and we all got to stick together, we all are technically competing, mm. um, which is not. Not one, not nothing that is a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. It's just that you are, it's a very small playing field sometimes for some roles. Mm-hmm. But it just means that how you've just got to work harder and become better. And I, that's something that has always been ingrained to me being a black woman growing up in this, this country. You've been told that I've got to be better. Mm-hmm. Um, probably one such a hustler. Um, I don't know anybody that work, works as hard as you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's just it's just the way that things are gonna go. But debuting is a massive thing, and I had done a few work in progress just to see if I could be funny by myself for like forty five minutes until I got to the point where I'm like, well, it's time for you to like debut your show. And I was quite lucky in terms of a version of, the, like the old version of a show, the show that I wanted to debut got nominated for the Leicester New Comic of New Comic of the Year. That's it. Yeah. So my show, I was just like, okay, that's weird. Like I didn't even know there was a reviewer in. Lovely. Oh my! Didn't you? No, I didn't know. I didn't know. It was only until so my sound engineer on that day who worked for the venue, he messaged me. He was also a comic. He messaged me and he lives in Leicester. It was like, have you seen the nominations for the awards? And I was like, no, I don't really pay attention to those kind of things. Because I know I wasn't going to be included. Um, or I was just, I was, I was like, no, I didn't know. Looked at it and I was like, why is my show nominated? <laughs> um, who nominated my show? Hey, I saw it because it was on Twitter. Oh yeah, as well. I was on Twitter. I was just like, "Whoa!" But I was, I was. That probably made my day, to be honest, because it gave me faith to know that what I was doing was was good, mm-hmm. and that how the lot, the way that it was, the show was going was good. And that's sometimes what you need. You need 
to feel comfort or give be given reassurance that how what you're doing is is right mm-hmm. and because obviously everyone's different in their own comic way and obviously comedy is subjective and people tell me all the time that maybe I should not talk as much as I do about dicks or or swear as much as I do I don't even think I swear that much to be honest um in my sets um but people have their comments that how maybe you should be talking about this maybe you should talk about that every comic is individual and the way that I do my comedy is the way I do my comedy I can't do my comedy the way someone else does their comedy like Helen Bauer or Elf Lions I can't be them I can only be myself so what is the plan for yourself this year? In 2021? Mm. Yes. Are you going to do your debut hour this year? Are you, do you think the festivals will happen or do you, are you going to wait till next year? I'm doing Leicester. Again, it's been, it's been live-streamed. Oh, uh, how, do, how can people see you on that? To buy a ticket on the Leicester Comedy Festival. Um, it's going to be live-streamed. But... Brighton, I'm still waiting to hear about festival. I don't know if I'm going to be able to debut in Edinburgh this year. This is where you normally would debut would be Edinburgh. The what the bit the festivals up before it would be your work in progress. I don't think I'm going to debut this year because of COVID. I, it doesn't look like even if it does go ahead, I haven't got a venue. Yeah. Um, and there's been like a if you want to call it like a backlog, which is fine. I'll probably still go up if if it goes ahead, just to enjoy the vibe. I missed Edinburgh last year. I know, I missed it. I was meant to debut a show this year as well. Um, oh, yeah, I remember. Oh. But I'm going to do, do it next year. So, yeah, it's a shame. It's just like kind of puts you back on a... It feels like you, even though you're moving forward, you can't go any further than you can. Mm. And, some, and also, you just want to let it out because... A debut show is something I've been working on for the last year and a half, and you just want to let it out. Just want to- a, a year, and that, I think that's quite important actually for, for people to know that a debut, like that's why I wanted to ask you that question about why is it so important? Because, like, a year and a half, that's like a lot of work has gone into that for yeah. a 60 minute show. Yeah, like it's the first and only time you're going to debut, so you might as well make it count and make it as best as it can be at the stage that you are. In about five years' time, I'm going to be a different comic. If I, if hopefully I'm still doing comedy, it's going to be a different comic, and my comedy may be different. I may be hopefully a better, stronger writer than I am now because I've have would have experienced more. Mm-hmm. But the work that you've put in now. It's just kind of, it feels like no one's going to see it, but it's going to be thrown away. But hopefully things happen. Hopefully the world situation will improve. I'm just, I'm just enjoying life at the moment. You've got to live your best life. That's one thing I've realised. You've got to live your best life. You have, uh, even in these strange circumstances. And where can we direct people to come and watch you and and come and see you, even, you know, during this particular time while we have, have a live show? Where can they come and find you? Well, you can follow me on Instagram, which is uh, Sakisa Comedy, or Facebook, uh, Sakisa Comedy, or Instagram. Did I say Instagram? Twitter. 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 
Sakisa comedy, Instagram, Twix comedy, as in Twix like the chocolate, and Facebook, Sakisa comedy. Um, I post when I'm doing gigs, people tag me and stuff, so you'll find out when I'm have doing Have you got any shows show. coming, up? coming up? I have got a next up show. Um, my The festival for Leicester will be on the 19th of February at 7pm. No, is it the 19th? Whatever the Friday is. Friday. It is the 19th. Friday the 19th, February at 7pm. Um, what else am I doing? I'm doing the opening show, actually, for Leicester Festival. Wow, that's cool. Um, I am doing bits and bobs. F- follow me. <laughs> Basically, follow her. <laughs> follow me. Oh, well, my lovely. It's been so good to catch up with you. Oh, thank um, you so much for having me. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much for being a guest on Behind the Scenes. I'm going to watch you. I'm going to um, buy a ticket for the Leicester Comedy Festival. Oh, bless you. Well, it's that time, my favourite time, where I lure her out from behind the gin cabinet. It is our head honcho, Lynn Parker. Hello, Lynn. Hello, Ivy. I know, wasn't it what just a great interview? So I thought we might have discussed it's all about the hustle. Yeah, it is all about the hustle. And I thought Sakiza such a, has such a great work ethic. And you know, it it really does show you what it takes to build your career in a sort of layered way. I mean, you've done that yourself as well, you know. I mean, are you a hustler? Um, definitely a hustler. <laughs> I actually, I think it's a, a really important thing to talk about is having a full-time performing career, but at the same time as managing a career that's perhaps in a different industry or because there's that age-old preconception, isn't there, that if you have another job, that somehow you haven't made it. Well, you know, for many years, um, I had, when I first started Funny Women Up, the first few years I was also running a PR consultancy. So there was a perception that funny women were some weird kind of hobby. You know, I'd disappear off a bit like Sakiza was saying, I'd work all day doing client work and then there would be gigs and that in the evening. Uh, and although I'm not performing, there's just as much work goes into putting on a show and producing it and running the awards as in fact more I think in some ways than than gigging Mm. because you have all the setup and everything so you have to have a very focused work ethic and you know there's a fancy term for it in in you know in business which is portfolio oh yeah portfolio Portfolio. that's why I was telling one they call it yeah everyone in comedy has a portfolio career because we're all doing different things I thought it was very interesting that Sakiza has this amazing, uh, she's amazingly driven to do all these things, not give up on her hard-won legal career, because, I mean, that that's yeah, taken her legal. six years of study. But she's she's managed to somehow turn everything into a... Po- I mean, I think she has an amazingly positive attitude generally to life and work, you know, even working in the pub. Angel comedy and just giving herself all those different opportunities, which is kind of what you have to do. You can't you can't sit in your room waiting for the phone to ring and and get gigs. You've got to be out there. You're you're better off out there gigging 
however bad the gigs may be, you're better off. You know, they always say you give work to a busy person. Guarantee the busier you oh, are, I completely the more agree. I think um, I'm at my best when actually I am managing multiple projects. Like I could be, you know, doing five gigs, producing something, uh, you know, working till five in the morning, teaching. Um, really, when I'm sat around doing nothing, that's at, I'm not good with time on my hands because I'll procrastinate and I'll watch Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> I think we all better, better. I think I work harder go on, when, when there's more to do. Comedy about the social media side of things. I think we all struggle with trying to fit that it. If you want to be a genuine person that is giving an image of you as, you know, Ivy Page, Lynn Parker, the founder of Funny Women, that takes time and energy. It is hard work. You know, maybe when you get to the stage where you're a little bit further on with your career, get somebody who loves doing that and maybe just does that to help you out with the well, things I, that I, you don't I like think doing yourself. I think this conversation I've had with yeah. many of my performer friends that social media itself is a job. That's why there are people that just specialise in social media. And it's the, yeah. you know, many of us, you know, I think it's different for performers who are coming up at the 18 in their you know mid 20s because they have effectively grown up with this technology where those of us who are like in our 30s and 40s and beyond we've uh, had to catch up with understanding how this works and maybe um I'm, I'm talking from my own kind of experience here but you're looking at other people using social media and saying how do they get that traction like what hashtag should I use should I post at a certain time in the morning like what's the actual logistics to this to you know increase my numbers increase my traffic to effectively sell more tickets when I'm doing a live show I don't have the answers to any of those questions by the way to anybody listening um, I'm kind of finding my feet as much as anybody but it's a it's a separate job but there are all those resources are out there if you can look for them. I mean, a bit of a call out for um, Lucy Hall that runs Digital Women because they're a sort of digital equivalent of funny women in a way in the sense that they have a huge community. There are loads of women in that community that will do who do that for their living who would love to hook up and work with comedians or promoters. So, you know, look... Look to the people that you can collaborate with who can do the bits that you don't like doing so that you can focus on what you do best, which is really... Well, do you know what? I'm going to send you back to the gin cabinet, Lynn, uh, until our next episode. Uh, We restocked it just for you. I've put some pink gin in. Thanks, Lynn, and we'll see you at our next episode. You've been listening to Funny Women Behind the Scenes with Ivy Page. If you like us, please subscribe, review and share. 